This is the official Caps Church Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I'm here with that snack, Polly Cupcakes. Yo, yo. Hello. <laughs> Caps fans, today we've got a great episode for you, as always. We're going to be talking, this is going to be our segment-based podcast, so if you've never listened to this podcast, thank you for your service, and we are going to be talking about more segment-based stuff, this is where we deep dive things that we've seen, or want to talk about, or, you know, you know, you're just at our our fucking mercy, so uh, it may be Caps-related, it may not be, but, you know, you're in for the ride, so... Buckle up. Buckle up, baby. Um... So, the Hockey Troll Hip Check, which is obviously my segment, I'm going to be asking where are all the koozie haters at, bro? Where are they at? There's none here. Eerily silent. Eerily silent. Um, and, Polly, what are you going to be talking about? <clears throat> I'm going to talk about Colin Wilson's most recent Players' Tribune article um, focusing on addiction. Awesome. Well, let's get right into it, huh? Yep. One, two, three. So, Caps fans, how have you been? We hope you liked your Halloweeny. Hope you were a good Halloweeny. Polly, were you a good Halloweeny? No. We've covered this that you were not. In Monday's episode, we covered that Polly didn't even give candy out. <sighs> Shame. Shame. <laughs> Shame. Polly, you, next year you at least have to put like a bag of candy out in a bucket and be like, have candy, kids. I, How, but I you do live on an out-of-the-way street, though. Do you think there was a lot of foot traffic for your actual house or not? I don't think so. I mean, I'll or tell you other this. people handing out candy. My, uh, I get notifications when people walk past my house. Mm-hmm. And I don't recall any of that. Okay. So I think it's very likely that it was very few people even walked down my street. How do they? How do you know that they threw your ring? Yeah. Why don't you just tell the world what system I have? <laughs> there was only one. No, there's other doorbells. Oh, I, okay. Are you really upset that I told well, everyone that you have a ring? It's out there. Yeah, he has a ring. And if you want my address, just if you want his address, just DM me and I'll, I'll let you have it. You're the worst. <laughs> uh, but I don't think there was, was a whole lot of traffic. Um, as far as I know, on my off street, there's only one child. Yeah, but I mean... It's always hitting us up for her fundraisers. But See, that's what you can kick a kid down the stairs for. No, I always buy that. And you don't give away candy on Halloween. Dude, you're just a conundrum. What I did, what I do with the fundraisers is much more beneficial. What? Than a child's joy? A piece of candy? I'm contributing to joy. I buy raffle tickets for sports and stuff. No, it's not joy. It's... It, what what school is it? Is it a private or public school? Um, 
It hasn't been for school. It's been like sports outside of school. Oh, okay. Well, what sport? If it's softball, fuck you. Listen, I'm if not it's softball, gonna, fuck you, dude. There's there's only so much information I want to put All out. Right, into fair the world. enough. <laughs> you know, people should have some privacy. You know. Okay. So it's softball. Fuck no, it's you. Multiple, it's terrible. Multiple sports. Ter- All right. Whatever. Well, Polly's not a good Halloweeny, folks. It's just just putting it out there. But uh, like I said, today we're going to be talking about you know where the Kuznetsov haters at. So uh, I guess it's just a good time to jump right in. What do you think, Polly? Yeah. This is the hockey troll hip check. Hey, it's just a, it's such a catch, catchy little tune, isn't it? Yeah, what was that last sound there? Is that, uh... It's a bat crack. Oh, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> well, after what, your, what? After your, after your softball rant. Well, I was looking, okay, so I used a free soundboard, and the only thing that I could find was a bat crack. If I could get, like, a hockey slap shot, maybe I would redo it. I, I won't redo it. I You're a traitor to your own people. Oh my god, shut the fuck up, Paul. You didn't even give out candy. <laughs> that's, that's my new insult. You didn't even get out candy to kids on Halloween, you sick fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible. That's the worst. I'm the worst. You are the worst. That's just... Mm. And he, here's the problem. The fundraiser. Were there any snacks involved, Polly? Were you the recipient of any snacks for these fundraisers? Or food items? One time it was pepperoni rolls. Mm. But the other time it was like a cash drawing. Okay. So gambling? So you gamble. Oh my god. You gamble and you eat unhealthy food. And it's the only thing that Polly gives money to. Okay. It's, it's very clear now. Very clear. Rational self-interest. Yeah. If you say so. Caps fans, and particularly people who are incredibly, I would say, critical of Evgeny Kuznetsov last season. When we were, too. We were critical of him. We were. I thought he did a bad job last season. I thought he's done a bad job since the 2018 Cup. Uh, I think that he could play to a much higher potential than what he has shown since 2018. Absolutely. I do not believe that we were ever calling for his head and getting for a, you know, obviously I say things and I often disremember them. But, Polly, check me on this. I don't believe that on this podcast we were ever proponents for a full-out trade unless it was like McDavid or somebody like a top line center across the league who's already proven talent. Well, um... A couple times I had said things about a trade, and mm. you almost always met it with, there's no way we're going to get what we deserve, so we need to bring it back. Fair. So we flirted with the idea, but we were never hardos for, let, let's get 
let's get rid of him. We'll get McMichael or McDavid or or no McDavid to replace him, and then McMichael will take will take over eventually. Some, I mean, I've heard all sorts of off the wall. Bull- Jack Eichel, let's get Jack Eichel. He'll um, come to DC. I know there were a lot of people that just wanted to get rid of him for whatever the hell we could get, and yeah. then or, because or, we or, have McMichael, it won't matter. I do remember that we talked about exposing him to the draft. Yes. You did that. And I was like, why the fuck would you do that? You're losing so much value on the trade market for him. Right. You're just giving up your best one of your best centers for nothing. Well, and my thought was, if he proves that we can't move him, then it would be relief from the cap. Yeah. But we're not that fucking desperate. Jesus Christ. That, well, I mean, no, that's we, ultimate desperation. I'm glad we did. Yeah. And to your point, Kuznetsov in eight games has 12 points, five goals, seven assists. He's back-checking. He's penalty-killing. He's penalty-killing. He's a threat all over the ice. And he's digging in the corners, something we haven't really seen him do a lot. Mm-hmm. He's really, really turned around his game. Um, Samantha Pell threw out an article on Sunday, today, uh, when we're recording. So it'll be a few days after, as you're hearing this. Really good article. Samantha Pell's a beaut. Love it. So, Kuzi didn't do any... According to her article, Kuzi didn't do shit in the offseason except train. His home, at his home in Virginia, was like the hyperbolic time chamber of hockey, where he worked out two to three times a day. Um, I think that you can... He is t- he has undergone physical changes. I don't know if it's the hyperbolic time chamber plus the Senzu sin- bean equivalent of... Russian gas, but dude looks jacked. Polly, do you understand any of those references that I just said? No. Okay. So, they're all Dragon Ball Z references. The hyperbolic time chamber is a chamber that you can go in and a year passes, so you can get a year of training in that chamber, but outside only a day passes. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and you can pump up the gravity to be like a hundred times Earth's gravity. So it's like training with weights, but in time. And gravity, yeah. Well, no. Basically, all I know about Dragon Ball Z is Goku. I know who he is. Well, Vegeta's obviously the better character. Is that the green guy? No, that's Piccolo, you dickhead. Okay, so, you see. Vegeta is... Uh, I think, what the fuck, Goku's brother? I think they're brothers? Cousins? No, maybe not. Never mind. They're not, I don't think they're actually related by blood. But I watched casually a long time ago. All uh, I remember is Goku's name. Vegito is like the evil guy. The evil guy that looks kind of like Goku. But he ends up being his friend later on. Spoiler alert. I'm no. kidding. I'm kidding. God damn it, you. <laughs> Calm down. How did you not watch Dragon Ball Z? Well, um, I don't know. I just watched other stuff. Like what? What did you watch when you were a kid? Yu-Gi-Oh. You watched Yu-Gi-Oh, but you wouldn't watch Dragon Ball Z. Oh, man. Not like I refused. I just didn't. It might have been a little bit before your time, too. Well, I know I had friends that watched it, and they talk about it, but... I don't know. 
I also watched this, uh, this, like, show on PBS, and it was, like, a cartoon, <laughs> oh my God. uh, Revolutionary War TV show. What? It was, like, you know, it followed this, like, teenage character during the early days of America. Really? What was it called? I can't remember. Sounds like propaganda. Well, I remember <laughs> one thing specifically from it. This kid was, like, all jacked up. He was excited because they tarred and feathered a British dude. Okay. And then later on, he ended up at someone's house who was caring for him and talking about how, like, fucked up tarred and feathering is. And it was kind of like... You know, this young kid was all about the revolution, and this old guy was like, well, this is the reality of it. And it was a cartoon? Mm-hmm. Wow. Sounds very educational. Yeah. I, th- I think, looking back on it, it was, it was it was PBS. It was teaching you lessons. Yeah. It's like those pass-it-on commercials, <laughs> but in a show. <laughs> okay. Anyways. So, the Hyperbolic Time Chamber, Sinzu Beans... Cousy did all that. Um, and he came to camp, and instead of being the jokester or the Loki of camp... Do you understand that reference? Yes, I know who Loki is. Okay, good. Um, Both in Marvel and in Norse mythology. Great, okay. He was a good little centerman and did everything that the coaching staff told him to. Instead of complaining, instead of being a bitch about it, he put his head down, did did good work. Um, you know, he's quoted as saying, One day I'm going to be old and I want to be the guy that the young guys can look up to. And I think that that's like a huge self-awareness kind of revelation that Kuzi's going through right now. Mm-hmm. Not only, you know, he said in the past, I could be the MVP, of, jokingly, I could be the MVP of the league, but I don't really want to try that hard. You know, as a Cavs fan, you're kind of like, well, we want you to be the MVP of the league. Yeah. Be the <laughs> well, MVP of the league and feed Ovi all season. Yeah. P- p- please do that. <laughs> um And, you know, he's really zen about the whole, like, taking the haters' comments and just eating them and letting letting that fuel his game. And I think he's done really well. Uh, Pell writes that it took about half... Now, this is the the crazy part. I didn't realize this. It took about halfway through the summer for Kuznetsov to breathe normally again because because of the COVID shit. Yeah. It's no joke, folks. COVID's for real. I mean, if a guy at the peak of his game, you know, young healthy centerman in the NHL is having these problems, you know, you definitely don't want it. Because uh, I'm sure none of you are that healthy. I was going to say, if you're denying COVID, <laughs> you're definitely not as healthy as him. <laughs> right, right. I mean, come on, <laughs> let's be real here. Yeah, so Kuznetsov was on an inhaler three times a day until the end of the postseason, dude. And, you know, I've done, I've had like sinus infections and infections where you like you have to take antibiotics by like breathing in. This mm-hmm. stuff, this like powder, basically, or an inhaler. It's not fun, man. I mean, it's it's real shit. Uh, so that I didn't know any of that. Did you? No. Yeah. Um. Pretty crazy. Um. And it's the the mental side of the game is really interesting. So obviously Kuznetsov has a really high hockey IQ. He seems like a pretty bright dude, and you know, I think that most clever jokesters are pretty smart. Yeah. Um, you know, that's why I'm probably, you know, don't even don't a, a no. genius. <laughs> I just, you know, I just haven't taken the IQ test to verify that. 
I'm I'm pretty sure that Mensa would you know automatically just send me the acceptance letter after they turn in the test, but you know I just haven't done that. Um, well, do it <laughs> before you talk about it. <laughs> Polly. You don't think I would get a Mensa grant if I were to apply, Polly? I think you would probably score very well on an IQ test. Oh, okay. Thank you, Polly. But not genius level? Uh, it remains to be seen. Oh, okay. Thanks for the support. Or lack thereof. I want proof. <laughs> um, anyways, because <laughs> that stuff says, you know, uh, people tell him, like, well, you're such a good skater. Like, that look, he makes things look so easy that people take it for granted. And you know what? I think that that's like, super telling about hockey fans, hockey in general. The, the dude's still trying, even if it make if he makes it look easy. Yeah. How many times have you played with a player who like just couldn't get it done in certain senses in certain senses, but then he made a lot of other things look easy. I mean it's not just from the outside looking in, you have no idea what's going on in somebody's head. Yeah. And you know, he's competing against world class athletes that <laughs> right. are strong, in good shape, talented. Yeah. Um, so I just thought that was like kind of like a really interesting insight into like Koozie the person. Yeah. You know? Well, you know, and I, as you're saying these things, like, um, I just thought it was really nice how he's like Simpsonov's interpreter. Oh, is he? He was during some articles last year. Mm. Or, not articles, interviews. You know, like, they had the, the two sitting there and. <laughs> He would just have to, like, Simpson would just look at him, and he'd translate it. And, I don't know, I guess a good word for it is sweet. Yeah. He's a sweet guy. I mean, here's the thing, too. You know, you look at, uh, I mean, I've, I've mad respect for anybody who knows two language languages fluently. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of, like, mental gymnastics to figure that shit out. Um, rewire <clears throat> your brain. Yeah, and, you know, I've... I've lived in, I lived in Europe for three years. I've retained very little because it's not, it's not, uh, you have to practice it constantly. Like it, mm-hmm. when, you know, you don't have anybody to practice on, it's just bad. And I how took Spanish say, for three years. How do you say pasta in Italian? <laughs> Noodle. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck all the Italians are after me now after that one. Um, but look, I mean, here's the thing last season. Uh, oh, okay. Well, let me, let me finish it up. He also, you know, he touches on the whole like mentality of it all. And then, you know, I'm just, my final thoughts on this. Like, I, I think if this keeps up, dude's attitude is on point. He's motivated. He's ready to prove the haters wrong. And you know what? I love haters. I love people who hate me. Uh, that fuels me tenfold. Uh, I'm not the type of person who likes to be like pat on the back and like positive, positive reinforcement isn't like my main motivator, not a pleaser, if you will. That's news to me. What the fuck is it? Are no. you being, you're being specific? I'm being facetious. Yes. I love that that word is really worked its way into the pod. Facetious? I, yeah. I take credit for that. You take credit for that? Oh, I use that word way more than you do. Mm, I don't know. Caps fans, let us know if that's true or not. But, um, okay, fine. So you're being facetious there. Yeah, I like, I like, uh, I'd rather prove hater. I'd, 
What were we talking? We were texting, and animosity is my lifeblood. Is that yeah. why? <laughs> yeah. Things that make me go are like just being being very. How do you? How do you? What's the the act of being animosity? The act of having animosity. What's that? What's that word? I might have to look that up. The uh, but. When people have animosity towards me, or if I have animosity towards someone else, it definitely fuels me ten times more. And it looks like this is the kind of, you know, kind of person that Kuznetsov is. So I relate to him a lot on this level. But my question to all the Kuzi haters is, what the fuck were you thinking? I mean, we were all... We can just go with hostile. Hostile. Okay. Hostile. We were going... You know, we, we covered this in depth last season. And it always came... I mean, it was... We'd always pitch around different scenarios, but the, the we always landed on this guy's the best value for the money that he's getting paid, and who are we going to get on the free market, uh, especially the free agency market here, to replace him? You know, yeah, we we might shed eight million dollars a year, but again, that might be a contract that looks fucking amazing in two or three years. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, especially if he wins an MVP this year. Think about it. Who's got an, an MVP center at $8 million a year? McMichael is generally the MVP. He's getting paid, what, 13 Yeah. The only thing that would be better than that is if McKinnon was given the award. Because he's at, like, 6.5. Oh, you mean winning the MVP? Yep. Yeah. Right. And then there's the there's also the, the player-voted MVP, who I, I think has a lot more weight. But, you know, the writers are fucking stupid hockey writers. They're no better than we are. I was going to say, they have, they're no more qualified than us. Yeah, right. They're just people with opinions. Right. Um, well, maybe they, they probably, since it's their job. I mean, I agree they're no more qualified than us, but they probably are way more qualified than us. Let's just be honest. They're, they're more qualified as journalists. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't, I don't think that makes their hockey opinion more qualified. Fair. Boom. There you go, Polly. Way to be articulate. Thank you. Mm. That being said, Kuziators, have you eaten enough crow yet? Is the jury out still on Kuznetsov? Polly, what do you think? Is is I still think that he's got a lot to prove, but goddamn, is he off to a good start? Yeah. Uh, ditto. I mean, he if he doesn't sustain this, then he feeds into all these people you're talking to. Yeah. But I think, really, there's no reason he can't. He ha- The talent's there. So as long as he keeps his head behind it, right, he'll keep going. And, you know, that's the whole gripe around Kuznetsov, is that the talent is there. We've seen it. We've seen his ability to take over games. We've seen his ability to probably, if and look, if, this, if it wasn't Ovechkin's first cup, Kuznetsov would have been the Conn Smythe hands down in 2018. Well, you know, it's a toss-up. Do you give it to the guy with the most goals or the guy with the most points? I mean, right. either one is a solid choice. Right. And and look, I'm not saying that that Ovechkin didn't deserve it as the captain of the team and also having his first cup and also scoring the most, goal, most goals. I, I do not argue with that decision. But I think that if I took my fan blinders off, you know, and took a step back and said, who is, who really was the reason that the Caps won? Like during the monotonous minutes of the game, I would say it was Kuznetsov. 
I mean, he yeah. just drove so much play during that time. He put Pittsburgh to bed. Yeah. He, as John Walton said, exercised the demons. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's just one one play, but, I mean, that was his game all, all, all playoffs. So, we know the potential that Kuznetsov has, and by all accounts, he should be a top 10 center in the NHL, year in and year out. Mm-hmm. I think that this year, he's probably top five. Right now. As of right now. Absolutely. As of eight games in. Absolutely. I mean, the fact that he's cranking out these points the way he is, and his game has expanded. You know, you've touched on his defense is better. He's got – he's getting penalty PK minutes. You love that. You love that special teams time. Absolutely. You keep bringing that up too. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a big deal. It um, is. And the way he's looked on the power play so far. Um, I can't remember if I was saying it on the show or in between, but how I think even when Backstrom comes back, I think that's Kuznetsov's spot right now. Like right. Backstrom comes back, if you want to put him on the the top PK line or power play line, you put him below the goal line and keep Kuzi on the boards because Kuzi's just proving. His creativity and intelligence is the reason the power play gets any points. Yeah. Um, here's another thing. <laughs> another article by Peter Hassett. I'm pretty sure, I'm almost 100% sure, Peter Hassett from Rush Machine Never Breaks wrote this about Kuznetsov. And it was titled, like, what if we're looking at... And so, I will say this. Of all of the writers at Rush Machine Never Breaks, I think Peter Hassett's probably... I like his... While I don't always agree with his takes, I think that they're well supported and good, like in the sense of well written. Mm-hmm. Um, backed up. Yeah, he has he has a good point. What if Kuznetsov is still on the free agency block, is still on the trade block, and the Capitals are just trying to trot him out, show that he's turned it around, and they're still looking to ship him. Because they could trade him at any time. Free agency is open. Yeah. I mean, trade market's open. Man, that would be something. It would be. Be interesting. But I think we're already back. Well, I think we're, again, back to the whole. And this would be a very sly business move. Don't get me wrong. Fans would hate it. Especially if he continues to perform. Yeah, we would hate it. I would not like it. Depending on who we got back, though. So think about how things are shaking out. Backstrom, LTIR. He traveled with the team, but uh, this past week he's going to be on the road trips. So he's we've seen him, him there. He's there. He's not able to come off LTIR, but he has been skating a bit. Um, Nick Dowd, out. Um, wore the dark blue jersey in practice as of last week, so he may be nearing return. TJ Oshie, out. That's week to week, so he might hit the LTIR list. At that point, there's a ton. I mean, there's a ton of short-term cap space in which we could work with. We being the caps. Yeah. Have I twisted your brain into a pretzel yet, Polly? No. I mean, I I think... uh, 
given his performance, this is probably not what anyone wants to think about because right. it's so much fun watching him. But yeah, I mean, the space will be there to possibly get someone big, maybe from a team that's not doesn't have you know a, a whole shot. Lot. Yeah, someone with a low ceiling. Yeah, and here's the thing. Um, you mean ce- low ceiling and cap? Or low ceiling? No, low ceiling potential. Uh, well, I think... So here's... here's like the team I, that doesn't expect to have a low season. Oh, the team has low ceiling. I get yes. what you're saying. Yeah. Um, so here's... here if, if that is the scenario, I would think that maybe... And, and if that does happen, I would hope we go for a guy who's like 20 in his early 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, Austin Matthews. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but you get what I'm saying, right? I mean, you, you want... And because if you bring in somebody who's over Kuzi's cap hit, you have to drop two or three million off, off the cap. Mm-hmm. And that's the entire fourth line. Yeah, that's not desirable. No. I mean, we're, we're, I don't know. I would say you're going to have to hack one or two players. I mean, could it be a Lars Eller? No. Good God. If that is the case, Caps are in trouble. Lars Eller is a linchpin to the Stanley Cup. He's not a he's not a um, expendable piece of this team. No. Do you lose a defenseman? Maybe. There's some room there. It, we've if we can get Kempney off the books, which we have, sort of, because he's in Hershey. But I don't think he's got a two way contract, so that would be. But how how? How, who do you get? Who do you? He's he's not even an NHLer right now, right now, and he's had a ton of injury issues. The goalies don't help us. Yeah, I mean, I mean Schultz. That would be where you. I think that's. I I have to think that that's probably the only guy that we can. We can do. I mean, I don't even know what Schultz. I think it's four million for the next couple years that Schultz is making. Um. Yeah, I mean, I really wouldn't want to lose Schultz. I wouldn't either. Yeah, it's three point nine. So that, it. But we'd have to like cut him or waive him or. So that's an L that we're taking right there, right off, right off the bat. Unless we throw him in with a trade deal with Kuzi. So like Kuzi Schultz. And then you have to find the team that has $12 million in cap space to take on for the next two, three years, and then $8 million after that. I have not done enough research on other teams to see who that target is. Yeah. Maybe the Habs. Like a Suzuki. Wouldn't mind Cole Coffin. Cole Caulfield, yeah. And then you, you run into long-term problems. I mean, the, the Caps have really just made their bed in this. We don't have a lot of flexibility. That's why our offseason was so boring, Caps fans, and that's why we, we tried to spice it up for you. 
but a couple wingers we might get from him. But I, I have to think that if you're going to ship away your number one or two center, you need a center to take his place. And right now with the Backstrom injury, with the Dowd injury, that looks like a very risky move. Absolutely. Though, Peter Peter does bring up a very devil's advocate and unwanted opinion right now. He does. I mean, that's... You have to, you know. I will say this. At least I'm fair. At least I give every everybody uh, everybody's opinion at least a fair shake and dissect it, right? You give him a shake. <laughs> yeah, like a shake upside down above a toilet. Yeah, just to see what shakes lose. Get Got any coins. money? Yeah. Where's Where's the jingle, bud? <laughs> That's very accurate. Um. So hey. Caps fans, as of right now, Kuznetsov is on a comeback tour. Um, it'll it's going to be very interesting to see if he can keep it up. If he sustains this performance throughout the entire year, she's looking at a hundred point season. Yeah, that'd be good. Um, or close to it, and that's the Kuznetsov that we know and love. But I still, uh, to his point, to Peter's point, I think he is a bit on thin ice, just a tiny little bit. He has a few bad weeks, and maybe it's like, fuck him. I'd say he's the one player on the roster in that position. Yeah. And another thing, to do this, the deal has to be incredibly right, right? Mm -hmm. I, I... I have enough faith in McClellan that he's not going to just like knee jerk it. I think he's very calculated. I think he understands. I think McClellan is in, okay, he won the cup and he's, he understands that, that the capitals are, you know, the half life of the capitals is quickly deteriorating. So they're, they need to like replenish the roster. And if Kuznetsov can be one of the leaders going into that, because you keep in mind, Capsons, Kuznetsov is like 30 now, right? 29, 30. Mm-hmm. So he came over from Russia at a very late stage in his career because he stayed there for so long, even though we drafted him and three years later he came over. So when we got him, he was 25. He was already like a grown ass man when he got here in hockey terms. Mm-hmm. So, whew. We'll see. The devil's advocate here is, is that's just a very tough thing to, to swallow, I think. Well, yeah. I mean, we want to see him excel here. Exactly. So, who knows? I hope Peter's wrong, but he does bring up a strong point. You know what else is strong? What's that? DraftKings Sportsbook. NFL fans hungry for a big win this week. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. 
New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If you win, you win. You win. If they win, you win with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, PA only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. And $1 wager required, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Well, Polly, all that thinking got me hungry. All that genius power. So, you got something for me? Oh, yeah. It's snack time with Polly Cupcakes. All right. Polly's here. Feed me, Seymour. <laughs> so, um, Colin Wilson released a, excuse me, another article from uh, his life into the Players Tribune. Per- great site, by the way. Very Love good. the Players Tribune. Um, let's see here. It's a follow. Well, basically a follow up to his October 29th, ninth, twenty twenty article. This one was written. Well, lots of scrolling here. October twenty fifth of this year. So a year apart. Um. So his first article last year was about his struggle with OCD. Um, and we talked about this back on May 20th, Season 2, Episode 47. Um, if you want to hear you know, our thoughts on it, and you can find, it's called Things You Can't See. The Things You Can't See is the name of the article, if you want to reference that. Uh, again, we talked about it, Episode 47, on May 20th. Um, and so, you know, he talked about his struggle with OCD and how it affected his career, his life. Um, well, what he didn't talk about was his addiction and how the two are connected. And so he wrote this most recent article following the death of Jimmy Hayes and the news that came out that he had fentanyl and cocaine in his system and the cause of death was uh, ruled acute intoxication due to the combined effects of the fentanyl and cocaine. Yeah, and, and we didn't really cover this, um, that this news came out with the fentanyl and cocaine. Right. Uh, we so. had talked about Jimmy Hayes' passing, and at the time we talked about it, there was no cause of death. It was ruled incident or accidental. And a talks report was going to be a couple weeks right. away, and that news I think was maybe two weeks ago that they found out what it was. Right. Um, so Colin wrote this article basically to uh, share his story 
and show that Jimmy is very far away from being alone in this um, struggle in life. So, um, you know, like I said, his battle with OCD, it wreaked havoc on him. You know, quick summary, he was, his hands were chapped and bleeding from tying his skates too tight. Um, and just the intrusive thoughts and um, his, his habits just led to stuff that affected him, but people really didn't notice. Yeah, and, and you know, to your point, Jimmy Hayes is, the people who were close to Jimmy Hayes had no idea that this was going on. They had no idea that he was doing drugs. I mean, they had understood that, you know, he'd partied in the past and, and had a little bit of a problem, apparently, um, his dad said, but he had thought that he had overcome, uh, Jimmy had overcome this, but obviously not. And maybe it was like a relapse or maybe it was a one-time thing and that, that often kills people. But, uh, yeah, so it, again, like completely out of left field. Right. And, you know, as you read through Colin's article, you know, he kind of highlights how you can go through this battle with addiction and still stay functional and people don't really pick up on it. Right. And so, you know, really the first substance he mentions is when he was 20, he, he was prescribed Ambien because he was sleep deprived because his OCD was uh, wreaking havoc on him. And then a couple years later, when he tried weed, he said that was the first time that he truly felt relief from what was going on inside of his head. And that um, he felt, he, he thought to himself, is this how everyone else feels? <laughs> you know, kind of like a, a quieting of the mind. And as I talked in the, the episode that I, I uh, referenced earlier, you know, I myself have OCD, and so um, I can relate to that feeling of when you're able to quiet what's going on 24-7 for yeah. most people. Um, it is a, it's a relief that can't really be explained unless sure. you, you feel it. Um, but so, you know, that relief he felt with weed ended up leading to what he tried later on. Um, he said that cocaine was everywhere, and so he tried it a couple times. And then, you know, things started to get out of control. And, you know, there were he would go times without it, but then he'd get right back into it. And one of the dangerous parts about this was he talks about how when you get that relief, you get that gratification, you get that pleasure of the absence of the struggle, you circumvent the, the whole uh, hardwiring in your brain so that those good feelings, that relief, that should only come every couple weeks. It's like, boom, right there, right now, and you can get it again if you use again. Right. Um, and it's not actually fixing the problem It's or anything. I mean, the problem is probably going to be ever-present throughout your life. It's in, in, But you're not taking, like, you know, therapy and, you know, other more healthy avenues. 
than using drugs is the proper way to deal with it versus like getting that using the the more you know the the deadly drugs basically yeah so it's a, it's an intense brief um, respite respite that could be accomplished over years of work right and so that's part of the reason it's so dangerous is you can get it so easily so quickly but then also it's gone so quickly right um, you know and just how it as it snowballed things became uh, he was using things together you know October 28th he said this is the last of these nights that he'd had but he'd had them in the past he went to bed thinking, am I going to wake up tomorrow? He went to bed with alcohol, cocaine, sleeping pills, all of that in his system. You know, and that wasn't the first time. Yeah. And this all, you know, it, it seems like it's a, it's because he had that relief with weed. You know, not, not blaming the weed. I'm just saying, <laughs> right. like he... He found that relief, and then other stuff gave him that relief that put him in even more danger. Right, it wasn't... A better reward at the time. Yeah, so it wasn't the actual, like, effect of the drug, like, as, like, people who don't have OCD would enjoy, like, partying with it. It was like, finally, I feel normal. Yeah, it was It was all about the release. and A numbing, and, if you will. Yeah. And, and I think it was probably twofold. It was his release from his symptoms, but then there was also tack that on top of the regular, or not regular, but the more common um, response to these addictive chemicals. So right. it was probably even more dangerous and harder for him because he had OCD tacked on top of this. Um but really, he just, you know, the point of the article is that he didn't make a conscious decision to get hooked to this stuff. Right. You know, he had a, he had a struggle. He also, he did make the choice to try these things. You know, right. he's, he's not taking the blame off of himself for that. He, he accept, accepts responsibility for doing these things. Yeah. But it was in this situation that he lost control. And I think from his story and he he shared this because he wants people to know that you know Jimmy isn't whatever terrible names people want to call him because this was in his system. He's trying to show that Jimmy probably had a similar situation. Maybe it was pain. Maybe it's just because it was all around and these guys are professionals earlier in their life and you're a young kid and you try something and then you get hooked. And I think, uh, you know, he shared this to hopefully be one step closer to ending the stigma of addiction, mental health, and... You know, one thing we can really learn from this article is how simple and easy it is to get yourself in this position and how yeah. hard it is to get out once you're in. Sure. I mean, how many times in everybody's life 
do you try or do something that you may know is bad for you, that you may know is dangerous, but you think at the time, I'll just try it. You know, I'll just, I'm, I'm not going to get hooked. I'm, I'm not one of those people. Right. You know, and, um, it doesn't have to be drugs. We all do stupid stuff. Sure. And, you know, the, the brain is a very interesting mechanism and, you know, it controls what you do. So, you know, you feed it a certain thing and it craves it. Yeah. And, and to your point, there may have been more of a underlying mental issue with Jimmy because like fentanyl, I mean, you got to be in a certain market to be getting that. That's not like... Well, but isn't... I, I I feel like I have the impression that it can be kind of mixed into other things without the user's knowledge. That's... Uh, probably could be in Coke, for sure. I, I mean, think. It's, I would think it's maybe a move to uh, increase the need among customers. Um, I wouldn't put that past people. But that's just conjecture on my part yeah i mean it was it's a it's a um it's a narcotic to treat pain it's a painkiller uh the only time i've ever seen like fentanyl in person was like a actually i think i think it was like a a gel patch that you put on your skin and took the drug that way um well and that's the thing with jimmy you know we don't know if this is because he was hurt and it started with the pills because, you know, as we've seen with the research and all kinds of things over the last decade, um, the, the use of painkillers leads people to try less expensive, more of these uh, quote-unquote classic drugs, you know, the ones that people are more familiar with. And, you know, um, so I think it's very likely that the, the lifestyle and career of being a hockey player is probably very much responsible for Jimmy Hayes getting himself into a situation where these are a part of his life. Yeah, so I just... I'm probably on a list now. I just Googled, like, how to take fentanyl. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it can be given as a shot or a patch, like I said... Um, or as lozenges and like, yeah, like a jawbreaker. Yeah. yeah like a, a cough drop. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of, uh, it's probably, and you know, actually I was Googling it and there's a lot of kids that die from it because it's probably cause it's a lozenge. Yeah. Probably and, you'd get way too much. Yeah, and I mean, any small child that takes it for an adult man will probably die if they get a hold of it. Um, so, it's I, I don't view it as something that's probably uh, laced with something. Yeah. But, uh, you know, if you, you shouldn't mix your uppers and your downers, folks. I mean, that's probably number one rule of all drug, recreational drug use. Um, but, you know that does produce a pretty incredible high from what I understand. So, yeah. And one thing that he, he, he makes mention of that. He says with the rise of fentanyl, mm-hmm. you know, he wanted to get this out there because it affected Jimmy and 
it you know I think with any any drugs I'm sure once you've tried one you're interested in trying another right and because fentanyl is well because fentanyl is used to treat pain and it probably puts you down and makes you like fade out and things oftentimes people will use a upper to counteract that and that wrecks havoc on your body yeah like you can't do that or um, even possibly to aid in recovery once you come down from the upper right right exactly so you know you, you aren't high anymore you feel like crap take something that takes right. away the pain numb the pain yeah so I mean, we're, we're completely, we're, we're absolutely speculating as to the motivation behind Jimmy Hayes's, uh, problems here, but he was a professional athlete, so pain is probably part of his daily life. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, Robin Leonard talked about how they were handing out Ambien like they were cough drops. Right. You know, so, you know, the, the use of something like fentanyl, probably isn't very far removed from taking sleeping pills that you don't need. Well, every team has a doctor, and doctors are able to prescribe this medicine, So, if you want to call it that. I mean, through Jimmy Hayes' tragic death, Colin, Robin Leonard sharing their experiences, it just shows that this stuff is available, and it may not be encouraged, but it very much is present in this world of professional athletes as right. much as it is for everyday people. Yeah, and especially people with money. So, yeah, yeah I mean, um, I mean, it, it sucks. Colin Wilson's still playing somewhere? No, he's retired. Okay. Um, and, you know, that's – I actually thought about this, of how he didn't talk about his addiction in the first article. Mm-hmm. And I think I heard an interview of his. I, I believe it was on that hockey podcast for that one really big sports network. <laughs> yeah. That has former professional players and then right. a, a sports writer from Boston on it. Um, <laughs> and uh, he was talking about how he wasn't a fan of medication. But he was looking more into marijuana and like um, a clinic where they did like microdosing of psychedelics, but having a therapist with you for the experience. And him talking about that just stuck in my head as I read the article. Because, of course, if he struggled with addiction, the last thing he wants to do is get on pills. Right. I mean, I have OCD. And I have a prescription, right. you know, and um, I can see where if you've struggled with addiction, the last thing you need to do is start popping pills and like hitting your brain right back towards it. Right. Um, and so that, that just stuck out to me when I read his article because that's probably one of the main reasons he was looking for those more holistic approaches. Would you consider like uh, doing like one of those like therapist driven, uh, basically like hallucinogenic sessions, like with mushrooms or something? Yeah, I think I would. If if it was like legit, if this this won't happen, but if it was covered by insurance, um, 
Yeah, I mean, if if there was a track record of success, um, I would because the way he painted it was kind of like through this experience, it's supposed to give you a long term like rewiring to kind of like either destroy or heavily silence what goes on in your head. Yeah. Um, well, the I, from what I've under, read about it is that when you do these drugs, um, it shields you, it makes you more perceptive to self thought. So like what you're telling yourself and it may mute that, that whatever's happening or it, you may be able to like understand a little or, or be able to feel a little bit differently about what it's saying to you. Like you can, it kind of, I don't want to say it slows things down, but it, it, um, makes you much more open to suggestion. Right. So it's good for therapy because at that time you can see the therapist can see like what your mind is telling yourself by talking to you. Yeah. Um, at it while it's happening. Yeah, the closest thing you could get to being in your head. Yeah, painting a picture of what's going on. Right. Um, definitely interesting stuff. Um, you know, obviously, my experience is not therapeutic in any of this stuff, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, Colin Wilson, he's a former Avalanche player, former Nashville Predator. Yeah. Um, he was with them when they went to the cup, Nashville. Yeah. Got um, robbed by the fucking penguins. Yeah. Uh, so former player, uh, he had a pretty good career and, um, he, he's got these two articles out, the things you can't see on OCD and his most recent is just called addiction. Interesting. Um, so you read the two of them, you'll get the whole picture and uh, I think I I picked up on you know you can really see where they're intertwined. I mean, basically, I think um, I mean to put it in like a, an analogy, you could easily if you were to make a movie out of this, you wouldn't need two movies. You could combine the articles between the lines and just make one thorough presentation. Right. Interesting. Um, you know, obviously it's tragic that deaths happen in this early, in this way. So yeah. uh, it's definitely in, uh, an important part of the conversation about, like, you know, I think CTE was a big thing for football. You know, this type of stuff, this, 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 uh, all of it, mental and physical health after a player stops being a part of that regimented lifestyle of being a part of the team, being around like a built-in support group or even a distraction, you know, in some ways, I think for a lot of these players who have mental health issues, it's, it's more of a distraction to get your mind off of these things. Right. Yeah. And I think that's one thing you can really take from the fact that he struggled with OCD still does. I'm sure Mm -hmm. is that that is not unique to a professional athlete. You know, some people right. might be able to chalk this up to, well, that's the lifestyle they live, so they turn to these things. No, 
he, yes, because he was an athlete, he had probably more access because of these high-profile parties. Right. But he was a, a human being with OCD, and that was a big reason why he sought out these external solutions. And that is something, whether it's OCD, depression, anxiety, anything, mm. anyone can be... Sorry. <laughs> drop the phone. Yeah. Anyone can be subject to this situation and, you know, be subject to seeking out external fixes. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well... Do you have anything else to add, Polly? Yeah, just, you know, if you're interested, read his articles. Hopefully uh, hopefully I did it justice. I tried not to give you everything from the article, but tried to give a decent summary. Yeah. Um, pretty heavy week, Caps fans. It has been. So um, it's it's been heavy in the sense of what the topics that we've covered and I guess, you know, the importance of them. Uh, so, uh, you know, we hope you enjoyed it. We hope you appreciate us delving into these more, uh, deeper, I guess you could say. Human topics. Yeah. These more human, human topics. But, uh, and it, it, you know, if you didn't, you know, go fuck yourself. I don't know what to say to that. Like, if <laughs> well, you don't you like know, it. Like I said a couple weeks ago on the show, uh, they may be professional athletes, but they're people. You know, it's true. As cliche as that may sound, um, they're people. They have pressure. They have struggles. And, you know, maybe if these people share their story and show that even someone that we put on a pedestal has these issues, then maybe us ordinary folks won't feel shame in seeking out help. Yeah. And I, I totally believe in like using your platform for good i mean we with our tiny platform that we have we've we've done a, a bunch of stuff that we hope that kind of improves somebody's life um so and i've said this before and i'll probably say it again mm-hmm. um if you're struggling and you think you need help get it because yeah. my life has drastically has drastically improved through seeking professional help. There's no shame in it. Your your mind, just like your body, if, if you're sick, go see a doctor. Yep. No doubt. All right. Well, Caps fans, thanks for sticking with us this week. Uh, we hope to bring you good content moving forward and everything else, as we do every week. Because we're awesome. Always. Yeah. You know? uh, until next week, though, Caps fans, you know, hopefully the Caps are still rolling after this week and we can have some good news to report to you and, and some good breakdowns to talk about on Monday. But until then, High Control, Poly Cupcakes, signing off. Bye. Hey, Caps fans. Thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Trip podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trolling on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow me, Polly Cupcakes, at 
CupcakePolly on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And follow the show's handle, at CapsChirp, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network, at HockeyPodNet on social, and thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. The Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore.